Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday night at 5 p.m. With your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whiting on AM870, The Answer. Hey, welcome to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I am your host, Bruce Whitey, heard nationwide, but today... We're doing a special show for Los Angeles and KRLA, so uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's been a while since we've done some brand spanking new material, but today we have a really, really important topic. Today we are going to discuss why not gold. And with me today in the studio is my partner in the financial service business in Glendale, California, Sandy Furman with me at Tax-Free Benefit Specialists and Insurance Services. Hi, Bruce. Welcome, Sandy. Hey, thanks. Hey, uh, I want you here today because you're the one that's working with the clients day in and day out. You're the one that's helping people with their financial problems that call into the show while I sit here glued to a stupid computer screen making all kinds of audio noises and bodily comments. I don't know. (laughs) Bodily noises and audio comments or something. Hopefully, yes. Hey, listen, our website, wealth of information on our website, www.straighttalkwealth.com. Straighttalkwealth.com is the website. Lots of information there. Our phone number, write this down today. You're going to want to call in. We have a really special offer, a lot of great free information reports and uh, stuff we're going to give you to really help you understand the topic today, Why Not Gold. The number is 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. Today, we're going to talk about what happens if the dollar collapses. Would gold be the perfect investment or is there risk in that investment? We're going to talk about three scenarios of how all this government debt could implode or shake out or explode one day. We're going to talk about what does this mean to you? I'm going to take these three scenarios and I'm going to give you a solution for these three scenarios and actually give you a solution on how to manage inflation and deflation simultaneously in a portfolio. That's today's show. So Bruce, why are we talking about gold? Why are we all over this today? Well, first of all, if you're a listener to Straight Talk Wealth Radio, you know we don't deal with with the diversified portfolios and pie charts of stocks and mutual funds and just hang on and buy and sell and everything will be good as it used to be. If you're a listener to this show, you know these times are not your mom and dad's times That's for true. investing and for trying to grow wealth and head for retirement. So we recognize that the whole world is pretty much saying right now to go out and get gold for some really good reasons. I mean, the reasons are essentially that you've got all this breakage of the banking system in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And the only way it's staying uh, up is that the governments are spending their tax dollars to, to replace what the banking system's losing. So private debt is moving into government debt. Now, governments have to sell bonds. They have to replace that. I mean, a government can turn into the the next stage of trouble. And we're seriously looking today. Look at Greece. Look at uh, Spain. We're looking at the possibility of governments going broke. Right. And there's every chance that could happen in the United States. The United States debt is out of control. Everybody knows that. So those are the facts on the ground. And we don't disagree completely um, that gold would not be an answer for this or or some part of the answer. We even allocate gold and metals if our clients feel that this is a valid concern. But, you know, let's get straight here. Sales is sales. Yes. And most of the information that's being put out there that is extremely alarming about how gold is going to save the world is being put out by guys that sell gold. 
And they make money from that? They make a profit. They're brokers of gold. That's most of where these messages are coming out. And I'm not saying they're wrong. And the funny thing is how virulent guys are when you disagree with them about gold. It's like it's a very emotional topic. But what we did is we wanted to take a look at, at is that the only scenario? I agree the U.S. could default on its debt. So we had a talk this week with Harry S. Dent. Harry is always contrary. And yes. took all the cuss words out of this I dialogue. was wondering if you took the cuss words yes, out. Yes, we did, because you, you know Harry. Yes. But the point about Harry is um, he's big on this con- on, on other scenarios. He's always been contrarian. During the George Bush, the first complete recession when it was really, really bleak, Harry comes out with a book, Hey, the Great Boom Years Ahead. Right. And everybody said he was nuts. And now he's basically saying the great crash ahead, and there's a little more agreement on it, but I think Harry was ahead of the curve. Yes. So in this first clip, I ask Harry on the phone, what is the rush to gold, and and why does it seem like this is the answer so many people are are looking for? When we come back, I'm going to talk about, again, in this show, three scenarios that could happen if the government fails that don't necessarily include gold, and I'm going to give you solutions for all of that. But let's listen to this clip with Harry. Harry, thanks for being on the phone with us today. Uh, Harry, I want to talk to you about just the rush to gold that's happening right now. Explain for us, first of all, just what is the thinking that is occurring with people that gold is just going to be the only way out of this mess? Frame that for me, if you would, in terms of what is even the concern there that makes gold so popular? Well, you know, it's pretty simple, Bruce. People are assuming they're watching this debt crisis unfold, and every time the economy weakens, which is just done here recently, you get the same thing. Europe steps up, or the Fed steps up, you know, ECB, whatever, and says, well, we're going to print more money, and we're going to keep the system from melting down, keep the banks from melting down, you know, keep uh, money in the economy so consumers keep spending, keep bond rates down so the government keep bar- can keep borrowing more money and pay low interest rates. You know, this whole quantitative easing, and quantitative easing, the theory is, obviously, you're creating additional money out of nowhere. You're pumping it into the banking system and then into the economy, and that creates more money, which debases the value of your currency on one side. Therefore, the dollar should drop in value under that theory. And on the other side, you're you're likely to create inflation, and even possibly we keep going more and more and more hyperinflation at some point. So people just naturally think gold is the solution. It's a commodity, and it's a monetary metal at the same time. It's a crisis metal, so we have a crisis, and the dollar collapses then gold will keep going up in value. So that, that's logic. It's very simple, and, and this is a logic that's been held for hundreds of years. So, Bruce, is the concern here hyperinflation, and is gold going to be able to hold its own against hyperinflation? That's exactly the concern, is that if the government is just printing and printing dollars to try to wash out what should be collapsing banks and collapsing the economy, and we're just giving away money, at some point it cheapens the money supply, and it is supposed to cause a hyperinflation. Now, I asked Harry about this in this next clip, and I want you to listen carefully about Really, the delineation here between are the forces moving towards inflation or deflation? And he's really going to help you pull this apart a little bit and understand how these things are at play and the differences between these forces. All right. So, well, we definitely can confirm that the governments are printing money like mad all over the world. Uh, Every time we're in trouble here, the Fed puts another injection of of money into the system. Uh, You've got people that basically politically... Uh, purport that that's all we should be doing is printing five times more money. So uh, those factors are in place. Tell me what factors are in place that would say that that's not going to play out or that some other scenario is going to play out. 
Okay, the biggest thing we argue on the other side, first of all, this is not the 1970s. Gold, that was the great, the late 60s into the late 70s was the greatest period for gold in our lifetimes, and commodities in general, but gold in particular, because it was an inflationary era. We call it the summer season in our longer-term cycles. So when money creation and or other factors create steady inflation, yes, gold, I mean, gold, I don't know, from $40 an ounce to 880 or something you know, over a decade. I mean, that's, that was a huge run in bubble. Our problem is we say this season is the opposite. This is like the 1930s, not the 1970s. Whenever you see massive debt bubbles, which also fuel when there's a lot of debt issued in the economy, in a good economy with low interest rates like we saw in the 90s and 2000s and we saw back in the early 1900s and roaring 20s, and in the 1980s in Japan, when you get that sort of environment, debt accelerates. That drives up asset values, things like real estate, you know, commodities, stocks, and stuff. You get major bubbles, and then those bubbles burst. Because bubbles just burst because they get too extreme. When they burst, all the debt and all the speculation behind those bubbles unravels, and you actually end up, and this has happened every single time in history. There are no exceptions. You see major debt bubbles, major asset bubbles, and then they deleverage and crash like the 1930s or the 1870s and 80s or the 1830s and 40s before that. Every major one in modern history is followed by deflation in prices because all those debts are written down. Banks fail like in the 1930s, and that's destroying money. So you're creating money by creating debt. That's how we create money. The Federal Reserve doesn't create money. The banking system does with the Federal Reserve's uh, permission, and they can make it harder or easier, but it's actually the financial institutions, banks, uh, it, it, the bubble is created. In other words, everybody's looking at government debt that went from $5 trillion to $10 trillion in eight years under George W. Bush, and now is at $16 trillion because we're funding all these deficits in the downturn. Private debt went from $21 trillion to $42 trillion. So it was four times as big at the top of the bubble in 2008. It, what, what do you expect the liability of that private sector debt is to still wash out or burst or fall apart? Uh, the $20 trillion we increased, how much do you think is, is got to wash? All $20 trillion. Really? What happens in bubbles, whether it's stocks or commodities or debt, bubbles always go exponential for five to eight years, and then they basically, the extremes of the bubble are wiped out. So, so basically, incomes and the economy, you know, adjusted for inflation, didn't really improve that much in the, in the last decade, but debt more than doubled, government and private. So we got to basically get debt back down to where it should be, which is the pre-bubble level. So we went from 20 to 42. We're probably going to go back to about $20 trillion in debt. So... Now, if that much debt gets destroyed, you've destroyed $20 trillion, which means there's less money chasing goods and services, mm -hmm. which means deflation and prices. So see, that's the problem. So the important thing that you're hearing here is really the difference between inflation and deflation. And what people don't realize is 2008 and the Great Depression were deflationary. That is the underlying pressure that the central banks are working so hard to keep from happening. Because if we have deflation, it means that people that are holding assets that are holding hard goods that they expect a price for are going to find those assets plummeting. I so, see. you know, when people say to the bank, I'm not going to pay you for a house that's half of what my loan is, mm -hmm. and it happens all over the country, suddenly the banking system freezes. Mm -hmm. Suddenly all the good news is real estate goes down. The bad news is the system freezes. Mm -hmm. The money that is expected to be flowing through it is not flowing through it. And anybody who is expecting to get a flow, like a business or a loan, every, the whole system freezes. And we have like what we had in 2008 when Mr. Paulson said, in the morning, we don't have an economy. Mm -hmm. That's a deflationary spin. And what Harry's saying is that pressure is still there far more than the governments can outprint money to cause inflation mm -hmm. against it. Okay.
So what are our what are these scenarios you're talking about? Well, if if you understand that private sector debt is busting and the governments want to inherit it, they can only absorb so much before the government starts saying, "Okay, now we're broke." So let's take that. Let, let's actually look at all the stimulus right now. You know, we've got the largest stimulus ever, and the housing market's not on fire. Lowest interest rates, highest stimulus ever, and the market's barely coming back, and the economy's barely coming back. And now we're talking about another multi-billion or trillion dollars of stimulus in QE3. So this is the three scenarios that this thing plays out. Okay. One, the central banks just stimulate us out of this recession. Oh. They just do such a great job. And once they just grease the wheels, hey, eventually stocks and real estate restore themselves to their previous levels. And somehow the world economies thrive because we just got over the hump and assets come back. And now debts are once again collateralized uh, against assets that are actually valuable instead of worthless assets. And we all move on and the world lives happily ever after. Woo-hoo. That's what they're hoping for. Mm-hmm. That's literally probably what Mr. Bernanke is thinking. That's right. Okay. So scenario number two, we go like Japan. Japan has been addicted to stimulus since its real estate market fell out over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now just, all they're doing is is their stimulus is just supporting the debt that should be collapsing. In fact, you'll hear Harry Dent talk about it in a minute. He's going to go into Japan in detail in this segment of the show. That they've put out an equivalent of $5 trillion, 32% of their GDP, they've put into stimulus. Wow. So would that lead to hyperinflation if we just went the route of Japan? We're going to talk about that in a minute. We'll look at Japan and said should and could such an intention by the Fed ever be stopped outside of just political forces? Is there anything that could checkmate the Fed from just stimulating us forever? Mm -hmm. And three, third scenario, the governments assume more and more debt, keep stimulating, and then they go broke. And the world's sovereign governments go down when the last... They're the last in the link that can't support themselves. So eventually, the smaller countries can't be salvaged by the big ones because the big ones can't pull themselves out, and the whole world economy goes down the drain in debt that countries can't pay off. Now, could this cause a collapse of currency, just maybe even beyond hyperinflation? That's what we're going to talk more with Harry about. In the second half of the show, we're going to go in detail about what would happen if governments collapse, and we're going to give you a solution for this. Oh, Bruce, just come on. Just give me the solution already. All right. So I'm going to give you a taste of the solution. But the thing is, you've got to listen to the rest of the show to understand how this plays in and the significance of it. All right. The, the first thing just to do is just separate your savings from your investing. So just a, a, a regular financial planning principle here is investing would be the money that you want to put at risk. You're hoping to make good gains, but you realize you could lose it too. Okay. And do you want to do that with all the money in your life? Oh, no, 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 no. Everything you're planning for retirement? No, 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 no. Well, Wall Street's got you pretty convinced that the way you get to retirement is you put all your money in investments. Uh, You're right. Savings would be the money that you're not willing to lose. That means that your lifestyle, your livelihood depends on that. And if you have a loss of your savings, you're in deep trouble. Your life's going to change. Oh, my goodness. So, so the first thing to do is to start to get a separation between those and decide where is the funds that you want to have savings. Now, the bottom, the, the, the worst part about this is people believe they can't get any money on their savings. They look at the bank. They go, what? I'm going to put my savings in at 1%. So they're all in on investments uh-huh. and they're all at risk of what the next change of tide is going to be. It's true. And I see a lot of people who have that all mushed together instead of having them separated safely. 
out from right. their what they've put at risk. So let me make a proposal about your savings. You do what you want with your investing, but yeah. I'm going to talk about your savings. What if you took the savings portion of your portfolio and first of all, get it out of the banking system and out of risky investments and into a different kind of savings account. And the reason I say out of the banking system, which we'll cover more later, is the banking system is one of the most key areas that is at risk during a deflationary crash. And mind you, deflationary crashes happen overnight. Mm -hmm. They are so sudden that you wake up in the morning and your accounts are closed. Mm -hmm. Inflation is more gradual. Deflation, very, very sudden. So you want to get maybe a portion of your savings out of the banking system and put in a different kind of account. One that's far less prone to freezing than the banks because of this. Banks have 10% of your money and the rest is loaned out. Ah. We have a deflationary crash. They don't have your money. If they find out it's not coming in, they go to the government and they say, can we please have some more money from you because we're not getting it back on our loans. They all went bad. I'm saying put it in an institution that by law has to hold about 106% of your account principal and it has to be held by the legal reserve institution that holds your account instead of lending it out. Uh-huh. Now, this is key, legal reserve institution. I'll tell you more about that. But the thing about these legal reserve institutions on savings accounts, they also pay more than banks. Ooh. So instead of having 1% coming in, you can see 4 to 7% guaranteed with certain terms. In an industry, this legal reserve industry that was practically untouched by the last great deflationary episode of the world, which was the Great Depression. Now, I'm going to give you some more evidence in that in a minute. I'm going to quote a very important report that was done before Congress in 1964. And this industry, which, again, today is paying 4 to 7% guarantees, they have to keep 106% of your money in hand. They weren't, they lost, that industry lost six-tenths of 1% of the industry's assets during the Great Depression, 1928 to, let's say, all the way up to 1940, during a time when 10,000 banks failed and the money supply of the country dried up by uh, 31%. Yes. Now, if you want to know what that's going to look like and how we can place your savings and get those kinds of returns and guarantee several other pension-like concepts, like uh, once you begin to withdraw that money, you can withdraw it for life. And even if it goes down to zero, your account goes down to zero, you're still going to get checks because we guarantee the withdrawals as well as the gains. Mm-hmm. Call 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, and get an actual quote on what this would look like for your savings. Again, the solution here is there's going to be more volatility. There's going to be more crashes. The banking system is going to be frail because it's only holding 10% of your money. The stock market is going to be frail because it's an asset that falls in deflation. And gold is not necessarily the immediate answer. We could have inflation on the other side of, in, of deflation, but in the meanwhile, between now and then, you might see your gold plummet 40%, 50% before it comes back up. Gold is rising because they believe the Fed will just keep bailing us out. Harry Dent is saying the Fed can't bail us out forever. We're going to hear more about that in a minute. But the bottom line is you can get 4 to 7% guarantees on money that is, we believe, safer than the bank. It's 106% of your savings has to be held by the Legal Reserve Institution. And we'll show you exactly what those guaranteed numbers would look like 
on your some part of your portfolio. We'll help you figure out what that is by doing what's called the Retirement Roadmap. Tell them really quick, Sandy, you take the calls on Retirement Roadmap. The number is 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. That's also 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. Sandy, tell them really quick what happens when they make that call. Well, I have six basic questions that I ask, and I get a snapshot of their financial situation, and then we plug those numbers into and play with them a bit and do a bit of a stress test on their financial portfolio and sit down and discuss that with the client. So that's done as a preliminary before we, we like we don't want them pulling shiny objects off the shelf. Like no, here's no, 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 here's no. the latest thing and here's the next thing. We fit that solution into an overall retirement plan concept. Correct. Uh, and it, are it, we charging for it? Oh no, we don't charge for it. We're them. supposed to charge for it, Sandy. I gotta make a living somehow. Oh my god, she's been giving them away for free. <laughs> that's a retirement rub. There's a lot of hours put into that. There are, and I should tell you that we're also giving them free materials beforehand. They're going to get my free report called Inflation or De- It's only free if you call 888-882-5578. We charge for it on the internet. 888-882-5578. My report is Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. And in that report, I'm going to give you a strategy to manage both concerns simultaneously, inflation or deflation, when you call 888-882-5578. We'll talk more about the solution in the second half. Uh, we're also going to have a report called uh, How to Make Your Money Last a Lifetime Guaranteed. Correct. We have a video or something? Uh, we have a video about uh, Wall Street. Is This is the Wall Street's Dirty Little Lie. Yeah, that's right. Historic Ooh. rates return, Wall Street's Dirty Little Lie. All right, you're going to get all that when you call 888 Seven eight. This is the solution to either inflation or deflation. Now, I want to go back to my discussion with Harry about what happened in Japan, because Japan was a scenario that's had 20 plus years of constant stimulus. This is supposed to, according to the gold bugs, create hyperinflation. Japan has printed far more money per its size than we have. Let's explore what kind of hyperinflation Japan has suffered from over those 25 years. Gold, when they see money printing, the natural assumption, it is a natural assumption, is we're going to get inflation out of this. Now, number one example we use, Japan, in the last two decades, in the 1990s and 2000s, they had their big bubble burst, their real estate bubble burst, their baby boom slow in spending, you know, a decade, decade and a half ahead of us in Europe because they didn't have a baby boom after World War II. Japan has done quantitative easing, money printing. When you compare their size of their economy, which is about a third of ours, the equivalent of $5 trillion in the U.S. today. Well, we're up to two, a little over $2 trillion. Mm-hmm. So they eased over a long period of time, much more than we did, 32% of their GDP, in fact, massive amounts, unprecedented. Guess how much inflation they had over the last two decades? Zero. Overall, in the last two decades, their consumer price index has been flat as a board. The biggest money printing in history did not create inflation. Why? Because that was deleveraging. People were aging. The aging of a population where people basically kind of save more, spend less, don't, don't make investments in the future in assets, you know, housing and cars and stuff. That's a deflationary. Young people are inflationary. Um, building debt is inflationary, and deleveraging debt is deflationary. So Japan, going through a cycle similar to us, and doing the same thing we in Europe are doing, and I'm sure we're going to see more of money printing, still didn't create one drop of inflation with more money printing than we ever did in the Great Depression or any other time in history. So this assumption by golden investors, if money printing must create inflation, does not take into account all the money that's being destroyed. Well, we tell people that the truth is here. We already saw deflation in late 2008, early 2009. The governments around the world are printing money, 
very purposefully, very reactively, exactly to offset deflation. They know deflation is the trend. And, mm-hmm. and so gold rallies when in the anticipation of a financial crisis because you think, oh, the dollar is going to crash and we're going to get inflation out of this down the road. When the financial crisis actually hits, as it did in late 2008, gold went down 32%. Silver went down 50%. Oil crashed from 80-some percent. Commodities were down. Real estate was down. Stocks were down here and around the world, even in countries that didn't have recession. It was a deflationary, deleveraging period. So gold went up at first, seeing the, the growing subprime crisis. Then when the crisis actually hit, it actually went down. Okay, so that's fine for Japan ducking a bullet, but what happens when Japan goes broke? What happens when the United States goes broke? We're going to talk about that specific moment in time and what can happen when we come back to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. And the meanwhile, the solution is take your savings that you can't lose, get a good portion of it out of the banking system, get it somewhere safer, getting earning a higher rate of interest. I'm going to throw this in as a kicker. You need to call 888 888-882-5578 to see how it works. We'll guarantee withdrawals, lifetime withdrawals against that account, and we'll index them for inflation. If inflation goes up 10%, your withdrawals go up 10% as well. Call 888-882-5578. We'll be back in a minute with more Straight Talk Wealth. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion of financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax free benefit specialists and insurance services, California license 0E48147. You're listening to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday at 5 p.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, more Straight Talk Wealth with your host, Bruce Whitey, on AM870, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We are talking today about why not gold. And just to recap what we've been covering, we have an exclusive interview with Harry S. Dent. Harry is a, a worldwide recognized economist all over the media, always contrary. So he's always taking someone's eggs, you yeah. know. But what he's basically saying is there are other scenarios that could play out if the government continues to print money that would not necessarily be hyperinflationary. Although in this part of the show, we're going to talk about what happens if the government prints so much money to stave off deflation that it literally busts and goes bankrupt. But what does this mean to you? Look, the actual problem and circumstance you need to prepare for here is the current foremost pressure is for the private sector debt to finally burst. It has not burst because the government's replaced it. Now, that will be a sudden deflationary bust, and it is a worse nightmare to governments. Um, whereas inflation could be gradual or sustained, uh, if, if it's, it's not as rapid as a deflationary bust. Those happen overnight. You wake up the next morning and you are broke. And in deflationary times, the losers are people with money in a poorly supported bank because banks only have one-tenth of your money around. So the banking system frees. And the losers are people that need their money out of the banks and it freezes. And, and that did happen in 08. Don't forget, Paulson said, we won't have an economy in the morning if we don't act. And two, if your money is in an asset that will fall in price, such as stocks, real estate, and yes, commodities like gold, you will also be a loser in a deflationary spin. The winners will be those that preserved any cash at all and got any kind of growth on their funds. Now, 
what we're purporting here in our solution, and we'll show you exactly what these numbers can be guaranteed to be, because don't forget, in a deflation, if you made anything, you'd be great. But we can guarantee growth rates with certain terms of 4 to 7% growth on your savings. Take your investments. That's at risk. Do what you want with that. But we're talking about your savings part of the portfolio that cannot be at risk. 4 to 7% rates in an industry that did not skip a beat in the Great Depression when the whole world lost 31% of its when the US lost 31% of its money and 10,000 banks failed the legal reserve system I'm talking about insurers life insurers where they hold savings accounts that pay 4 to 7% under certain terms lost 6 tenths of 1% lost or imperiled of that industry. And we have the report we'll show you. That's inside my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis. We're going to show you how to take that savings proportion of your portfolio, get a better rate, get returns out of it that will actually flow to you as a pension flows. And guess what? We can put cost of living adjustments in that pension. So if you're still worried about inflation and inflation goes up 10% a year, we can increase your pension payout by 10% a year. We'll show you exactly what that looks like when you call 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. That's 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. Let's go back to some more uh, clips here with Harry Dent to set the scene. And in this scenario, actually, first of all, on clip five here, I really ask Harry, look, I know printing money in Japan has not caused inflation, but what happens when Japan busts? What happens in the United States busts? And we pick up on that point. That is the crux of what the gold bugs are saying, where gold comes into play as the only denomination that's left. Let's talk about it. Going back to the gold argument, let's go back to that point of sovereign bankruptcy, because I understand what you're telling us, but I want to draw it out to the next possible conclusion if we just let the government continue to go on its path, which is we have a crash in the private sector debt. If we let that wash, literally, we're falling back on maybe the FDIC keeps depositors whole, but anybody else who is holding on to that debt, anybody else associated with, they're going to eat it. It's going to hurt. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a near depression because assets will just completely bust and we'll be broke again. But heck, we won't have debt over our head and we'll begin to build again, as opposed to trying to hold up debt, not let it break and stave off long, longer run of just no economy. But if governments continue to absorb and sell debt, you know, they take their credit card out to buy the bad debt of the, of the public sector, and they do go hell-bent for leather, and it just keeps going and going and going, then the bigger worry becomes, you know, when does Japan go bankrupt as a country? When do other countries, and when does the United States go bankrupt as a country? Because we're talking about, I believe I saw a number here where if uh, interest rates were to go up 2%, 45% of all tax revenues would simply be put onto paying the interest rate that the United States have on its, has on its desk. And this is going to happen sooner or later. The interest rates are only going to go up in the future. So any country, Japan, U.S., that does not clear its private debts and does not somehow restructure its government debt coming you know, decades from now is going to be bankrupt. In other words, we are going to have to deal with this, and governments around the world may have to have some kind of concerted default. But isn't a readjustment of the currency key to a country's bankruptcy? And there we go into the gold argument if currency gets devalued. No, no, no. This is where the gold people miss it. Okay, this is the crystal point. Currencies are relative to each other. What the gold people are saying is all currencies are going to go down and be near worthless. Currencies are relative to each other. Europe's currency, they're printing money, we're printing money, China's doing it in their own way, and on and on. This is happening in the world. The Bank of England, you know, so as long as they all do it together, the currencies don't 
currencies are a way to trade with each other. And if you don't get inflation in prices to erode your purchasing power, then your purchasing power doesn't go down. In fact, if you get deflation, the same dollar in the U.S. or the same euro in Europe actually buys more. That's the difference. Currencies go down together. I think what you have to do is that you're going to have southern European countries. They're going. Greece has already had some of their government debt written off, and there's going to be more. Spain's going to have to go through that. You know, Portugal, Ireland, Italy, maybe, and Japan at some point. At some point, even the major governments, the U.S. and Germany, stuff. We can't let them write down their debts, and we still be carrying some huge debt load. So there just may have to be some international restructuring of government debt. Now that's going to come later. So. Private debt deleverages first. Some countries go bankrupt. And then at some point I'd say there's got to be some, you know, you know, the major countries of the world get together and say, you know what, we've got to basically restructure the debt, uh, the sovereign debt to investors around the world, and they're just going to have to take a hit. And boom, you do that. All of a sudden it's like, okay, instead of the government debt being $20 trillion, now it's $12 trillion. So that's Sounds very sane. You think they can really get together and cooperate in that way? I think, oh, no, only after a crisis. Our view... It is 100% clear that without a crisis, we're going to see more of what we've seen. So, Bruce, what do you do to preserve your assets and protect yourself and prosper? Well, the bottom line, first of all, is you do have to personally have the discipline of separating what you consider to be your savings versus your investing. Your investing is money. You're putting at risk. You're making plays. And you realize you could have a loss on it. Your savings is the money that your lifestyle depends on. You're going, you, your life will change if you lose that. You can't go backwards. That's the most important thing. Uh, I think Warren Buffett's key, his cardinal rule of investing is don't lose anything. Uh-huh. We're just saying that's your savings. But, but the, so obviously the stock market and these other things, people know there's risk. I think the first thing that people that are rushing into gold have to think about is, is gold an investment for you? Or is it your savings? What are you putting into gold? And if you believe so strongly that the world's going to come to an end and the system is going to so collapse, then more power to you. But I would also suggest you carry that forward and you better be buying the cattle ranch in Wyoming. You better be buying the guns and ammo. You better really make that plan for doomsday fully because... You know what? If you're in the middle of the society that you can't use this gold or the government outlaws gold, it's not going to do you any good. So if you're going to plan on doomsday, plan it all the way. Okay. But I would suggest that you make that an investment. Okay. And that your savings, what we're saying is take your savings and start looking somewhere other than just having it sit in the bank because the bank is not a workable place to have your savings. You want to put it into Frankly, what we use, the legal reserve system, which is life insurers. And we use them because they didn't skip a beat in the last huge deflationary crash, the Great Depression. Now, when you call 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, you're going to, along with actually doing our retirement roadmap. One more time really quick. What well, we do the retirement that. roadmap, I'm going to ask six basic questions and get a financial snapshot. And then we're going to stress test that to find out where you need to put your attention and give you some examples of things you could do. It tells you if you're on track or you're off track. It exactly. tells, you, tells you if the market falls off, here's where you'll be five, ten years from now. If the right. market does well, here's where you'll be and really looks at what is the what are the places you're doing well and what needs to be fortified correct that gives us a 10,000 look foot view now when we talk about savings and I'm talking about using the legal reserve or insurance system in order to back those uh, those accounts up I just want to tell you that in the report you're going to get on inflation or deflation again the numbers triple eight 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 two five five seven eight 
We show that during the Great Depression, when 10,000 banks failed in the United States and the money supply dried up by 31%, according to a paper which was cited to the United States Congress in 1964 uh, in the hearings before the Temporary National Economic Committee. This is a paper written by Robert Mills, Ph.D., called Cash Flow and Solvency of Insurance Companies. We actually show the data that he researched that said the total assets of life insurance companies, which either ceased operations between 1929 or 1938 or were even impaired by 1940 amounted to six tenths of one percent loss in that industry that's why we keep reserves there that's why we keep savings there and we can get four to seven percent rates under certain terms that you can't get in the banks we'll show you what that looks like and there's one last element to that these insurers are people that are used to doling out pensions they work the pension system In a pension, you are getting funds that come to you for life. They're guaranteed for life. We have the inflation aspect also figured into this because most pensions these days don't have cost of living adjustments. People that are on those fixed pensions are going to have a terrible time if we have inflation. We put inflation into the payouts on these, up to 10% under current rates, meaning if if you have a $100,000 a year payout out of this pension and inflation goes up 10%, next year you're getting 110000 et cetera, et cetera, compounding year after year with the CPI. So we do put those in there. That is a solution for inflation or deflation. The number to find out what exactly that would look like for you at those rates, 888 8825578 this is where you put your savings not in the banking system cuz the banking system is going to freeze in the next deflationary crash this system didn't skip a beat in 2008 didn't skip a beat in the great depression and it is where you put savings and how you make your savings and your money last you a lifetime and we'll document that in my free report called how to make your money last a lifetime guaranteed when you call 888 882 And you'll get to talk to this nice lady, Sandy, sitting here with I me. I am a nice lady. That's right. You're a nice lady. You handle all the calls. Thank you. Okay, this next clip is just more of Harry talking about what happens when sovereign debt fails. A private sector bust deflationary crisis is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In other words, what the government's really doing, in essence, is they're keeping the bubble going. We had the greatest bubble boom in history. The government's saying we can't let this bubble burst because it'll kill the banking system. If the banking system dies, the economy will die. And, and that's a misconception. If the banking system breaks down, the strong banks will take over all the assets of the weak banks like they did in the 1930s, and the whole system will come out stronger. So that's just going to continue until the government loses control. And then governments will bust. Their, their deficits will mushroom. And then governments will have to say, okay, we need a new plan. And guess what the new plan is? We're going to have to restructure entitlements. We're going to have to restructure government spending. We may have to even have a concerted global default because we just simply borrowed too much money. I mean, the private sector does it on its own. It'll do it by itself. And it really sounds like we're on the same track leading up to as what most of the gold bugs are saying. But what you're saying is the eventual outcome is not that uh, it's all solved by all the currencies changing out, and suddenly gold is holding its own uh, against the the change out in currencies. You're saying that there's going to be some other ultimate end of this, which is not going to make gold uh, at $7,000 an ounce, as James Rickard says. Yeah, history says this crystal clear. History says there's only one thing you get after a major debt bubble, whether the debt is more in government or private, but every time there's a major debt bubble and it finally winds down, you get deflation in prices. That takes money out of the system, brings prices and asset prices down, and guess what? Gold goes down with them. So you're saying it's possible to deleverage government debt without defaulting on its currency and therefore some other uh, 
uh, hard asset is going to replace the currency. Right. And again, currencies, we're all in the same boat. Uh, the typical European country has about 400% GDP, four times their GDP in private and public debt, just like the U.S. You know, U.K. and Japan are higher, and Ireland, you know, Germany's a little lower. You know, in Spain, Portugal, or I mean, the U.S. frankly looks just like Spain and Portugal. So the whole world is in this same boat, and the whole world's going to have to deleverage together. Some a little sooner, some a little later. So all of our currencies get kind of devalued together, but they still relate to each other, and you still trade. And the truth is, like for example, for the U.S. dollar, the more we take a lot of the dollars we created in debt, this forty-two trillion, out of the system, less dollars. Dollars mm-hmm. are now more scarce if you destroy debt. Welcome back to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We are talking about why not gold today. I'm Bruce Whitey. I'm here with my business partner at Tax-Free Benefit Specialists, Miss Sandy Furman. So, Bruce, you're saying that there are going to be changes and we're going to probably have some deflation. And the gold bugs are saying there are going to be changes and we're going to have inflation. So, But when is all this stuff going to play out? That's a really, really good question. Let me play a clip for you out of the interview with Harry S. Dent. And we actually talked about what is the next bump and when will it come. Good. So we, we kept saying, we, we were one of the few people in late 2005 said, I'm sorry, just like Japan, this is a real estate bubble and it's going to burst. Well, nobody thought real estate could ever burst. When real estate started bursting, that's how we got our subprime crisis. Now it's bursting around the world, different countries. And real estate really is what kills this thing. Governments can't keep stimulating if real estate keeps getting weaker. It's going to get weaker in Spain. They had a bubble bigger than us and lasted longer. U.S. with the lowest mortgage rates in history. Real estate had barely bounced. Everybody's talking about a housing recovery. This housing recovery is very, very modest after three years of basically falling, and it's only barely rising in prices and sales and new home sales with the lowest mortgage rates in history and the biggest stimulus plan ever at any other time in history. If we had this sort of stimulus and this low mortgage rates, home, home sales would be roaring. They're not because people already bought too much housing. People already got too much in debt. Even if you give them a house for free with zero interest rates, most people don't want it. So real estate is really the, the – if it keeps weakening around the world, and it will off and on, it, there's a point where banks start to realize home prices are never coming back to where they were, and they, they, sh- they can't afford to keep holding these foreclosures back. They've been purposefully holding foreclosures back, $4 million approximately. Yeah. Spain, if Spain has a bank run like Greece did because something blows up there and people say, oh, my God, you know, or Greece leaves the euro, then people say Spain's going to be next – Spain has a bank run. They're four times as big as Greece, and, and, and Europe's had to spend a bunch of money just to stop the bank runs in Greece. Imagine, you know, there's something that's going to happen, I think, in the next year, maybe in the next few months. It's going to just burst this bubble because by continuing to keep the bubble going and, and pumping up the system even more, more and more steroids, more and more debt, you're blowing up the balloon and making it tighter. So, so, so all it takes is some crisis to burst that balloon. And then things melt down faster than the government can react. And that's what happened with the subprime crisis. It seemed to come out of nowhere. It mushroomed overnight, and the government was behind the game. And, and we already had a meltdown in the financial system. We already had stock down 50, 60, 70% around the world before there was enough stimulus to then bring things back. So this time, they've made the bubble worse. So I think, you know, whenever we have this next crisis, whether it's going to be somewhere between late this year and late 2014. I'm convinced of that. Bruce, what do we do? Well, As we mentioned earlier, first of all, you've got to divide your investments from your savings. Investments go up, they go down. You hope they do really well, but they have risk. And then you need to look at what you really have to sustain your life on, the money you can't afford to have losses on. Call that your savings. Now, you've heard of diversifying your investments. 
I am now talking about diversifying your savings to make them work in either an inflationary or deflationary scenario. If we have a severe overnight deflationary scenario, banks can freeze. You want some of your savings out of the banking system. If we have a deflationary scenario, everything goes down in value. You want to be guaranteed from an institution that doesn't skip a beat in in depressions as 2008 and as 1930s went, did not skip a beat, and you want to get some basic interest amount, and we're seeing guarantees of 4 to 7%. Doesn't sound generous compared to your investments, but it's very generous as savings going. Again, diversify your savings, get a guaranteed rate from institutions that do not freeze during Great Depressions, and thirdly, get a guarantee on that, that once you begin a payout schedule on that, in other words, a pension-type payout, That if inflation does kick in, instead of being one of these guys with a corporate pension that is stuck at a fixed income when prices are going up, your pension will also go up relative to inflation, up to 10% a year. You can get that by calling 888-882-5578, We'll quote you exactly what that looks like. And Sandy, when you do, again, tell them what you do when they call in. I give, I ask them six basic questions and we get a financial snapshot. And then we stress test that to find out where their areas are that they need to be paying attention to. And then we give them solutions for fixing those areas. We call that a retirement roadmap. The reason that's important is because it tells us how does this tactical maneuver of diversifying your savings Work into the overall picture of what you're trying to do, who you are, when the time of your life is right now, what kind of retirement you want. Those things then fit together and actually make a complete picture. The number for that is 888-882-5578. I'll deal with Sandy later for not charging for this service. That's right. I can't embarrass her over the radio, but for right now, it's going to be free because she said it was free. That's correct. 888 888-882-5578. I want to go with a parting shot that Harry had to say about about gold because really again as we're this show is about why not gold and we're looking at scenarios where gold may not play out even if countries go bankrupt even if the United States goes bankrupt what I'm telling you to do is figure out whether gold is part of your savings or investments and I would tell you now you may not have realized it it's going to be an investment it has risk and I want you to hear Harry Dent's take on the potential risk here and kind of his parting shot about the matter. I say the final thought here, Bruce, and I tell people, forget all I've said about deflation versus inflation, all that. That's pretty hard for people to stomach all that. We're clear about that, crystal clear looking at history. The other thing to bring up a red flag for any investor that's saying, well, i, I, I got to go out and buy gold. That's the only thing safe now. When everybody, when all investors go in one direction, that's a bubble. We've already bubbled into tech stocks, and we bubbled into real estate, and we bubbled into emerging markets. Now we bubbled into commodities. Gold and silver's are the final bubble. People are piling into gold saying, well, it's the only thing that has value. You've got to realize that this is on TV every day on commercials. You can make money in gold. Gold's the only thing that won't go down. When everybody's doing stuff and when everybody you talk to is buying gold, that's already a big warning sign. I don't want to pile into anything that everybody's piling into. They said tech stocks would never go down because it was a new productivity plateau. They said the next decade, real estate can never go down. They're never making more of the stuff. It went down. When every party piles into something, it has to go down just because it bubbles up and gets overvalued. So that's another thing to worry about. You know, it's fine to have gold and silver as a hedge up to the point, but to be betting your life and your financial well-being on one asset that's already proven to fail in late 2008, gold and silver, 
that is a huge risk. And remember, silver is the most powerful. If I want to bet on precious metals, I'd rather bet on gold and silver. Silver's already gone from $50 down to 26 recently, in half. You know, when gold just went down maybe 20% or something. Silver has gone time and time again down 90%. Gold has gone down 60 70%. These things can go down just like real estate. So if you've got a logic that gold can't go down, you should question that logic. And, and at least if you're going to bet on gold and silver, make it a PC or portfolio. Don't make it like, oh, I'm going to have 70% of my money in gold. So, listeners, look, what if you took the savings portion of your portfolio and you, your funds were out of the banking system, out of risky assets like investments, and into a different kind of savings account that is far less prone to freezing than the banks because 106% of your account principal has to be held by the legal reserve institution that holds your account instead of lending it out to everybody. Pay more than banks. Instead of 1%, 4 to 7% guarantees in an industry that was practically untouched by the last great deflationary episode in the world, the Great Depression. The number for that is 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. It's a retirement roadmap, and we're going to show you how to actually turn those savings, get guaranteed growth on them, better. This is savings, okay? I'm diversifying your savings. Do what you will with your investments once you've figured out what's investments and what's savings. But with your savings, we're going to diversify that into a whole different area than the banks. We're going to get you a better rate of return. In our view, it's a safer bet. And then what we're going to do is at some point when you say, I now need to live off this money, we're going to draw a pension for you. It's going to be a guaranteed income out of that pension. And that pension is going to be guaranteed to actually inflate with the rate of inflation, the consumer price index up to 10% a year. Uh, under current rates. So that's pretty darn good. I think we just covered deflation. I think we just covered inflation. (laughs) Sandy, thanks for coming in on the show today. Thank you. I look forward to talking to the callers. And you're going to talk to this nice lady when you call 888-882-5578. Hey, you're also going to get my free report, Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. In that report, I give you a strategy to manage both concerns in a portfolio simultaneously. You're going to get my report called How to Make Your Money Last a Lifetime Guaranteed. And we've got a video DVD called Historic Rates of Return, Wall Street's Dirty Little Lie. All of that, that's at least a, probably about 70 to 100 bucks worth of materials. No charge. 888 888 Did you have fun today? I had fun. Okay, good. I'll see you back at the office. Okay? That's right. See ya. Okay, folks. We'll see you next week with more Straight Talk Wealth Radio.